praise God. I said, uh, praise God. I'm totally on, totally on. <clears throat> okay, we're going to jump right into the message tonight. God bless you. Glad you're here. I do want to just uh, uh, advertisement for next week. Um, this is a three-part message, and really next week is the uh, most important of the three, and you'll see why in just a minute, but it's going to be encouraging to you. Uh, we're, we're talking about things that last 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, <clears throat> and the greatest of these is love. That's why next week's going to be the most important of the three, because the greatest of these is what? <clears throat> and so that's not to diminish tonight. That doesn't mean everybody, you know, just, we're going to just pray and leave, because tonight is really important. Because <clears throat> we're going to be talking about a subject uh, that's in the middle there, hope. We talked about faith last week, and I would encourage you, if you, if you couldn't be here, uh, to get a CD from last week. Uh, we're selling them after service for $49.95. <clears throat> they're laughing because they know that's not correct. They're, they're only a couple of bucks, but <clears throat> it really is important. We talked about faith. Everything in our lives as believers uh, revolves around faith, doesn't it? Faith is fundamental for us, and, and uh, really our faith isn't about uh, teaching. It isn't about just uh, uh, doctrine or philosophy. It's built around a person. Our faith is in a person, and if you want to tell somebody just in one word what you believe as far as the whole involvement in Christianity, it's summed up in this word, this name, Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. And so uh, our faith surrounds Jesus. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. Now, that's faith, and it's going to last forever. Faith will help us keep on keeping on, won't it? The second thing, what we're going to talk about tonight is hope. I love hope. I love this word hope. It is one of my uh, favorite words now because the Christian life is so full of hope. Now, the hope that God gives us tonight isn't a hope-so kind of hope. You know, people say, well, hope so. You're going to get better. Well, hope so. It's not just this kind of vague wishing. It's not a, a wishful hope like Jiminy Cricket used to sing about. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you... You know, you know you, some of you remember, right? A few of, few of you, a couple of you. Okay. It's not that. See, our hope that we have through Jesus is real and lasting. I want to read it again, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. I picked this up some time ago. Three buddies die in a car crash and find themselves at the orientation to enter into heaven. And they're all asked, when you are in your casket and friends and family are mourning your death, what would you like to hear them say about you? 
First guy says, well, I'd like to hear them say that I was a, a great doctor in my time and, and uh, a, a great family man. The second guy says, I'd like to hear about what a wonderful husband I was and a school teacher who made a huge difference and the children of tomorrow. And the last guy says, I'd like to hear them say, look, he's moving. Now, that's hope, or maybe Jiminy Cricket wishing or something. But our hope as believers, this is the best definition over the years I've come up with of hope. It is a confident expectation of good from God. It is not a hope-so kind of hope. It is a no-so kind of hope. It isn't vague. It isn't uh, uh, this Oh, just I hope so. It is a, a, a sure and steadfast kind of hope. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 6, 19. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast that enters the presence behind the veil. We're going to explore this a little bit later in the message. But real and lasting hope is something that is unique to us as God's people. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, it talks about us before we gave our lives to Christ. It says that at that time, you were without Christ, having no hope, and without God in the world. And that is a bad place to be. If you're here tonight and you've not given your life to Christ, uh, uh, tonight I want to tell you, uh, before the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity to receive that hope that's in Jesus Christ, and it is real, it is lasting. When we are born again, hope is birthed in our hearts. It's unique because it's lasting. Hebrews 6.11 says, And we desire that each one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. There's a full assurance of hope that comes. And so hope is something so powerful because it is a, is a confident expectation of good from God. It's the sense that even though things may not be good that are going on around us right now, that God is good, and because God is good, good things are on their way for us. So I want you to tell somebody tonight or tell yourself, good things are on their way. See, that's hope, isn't it? I want to talk for just a few minutes about the importance of hope. Hope is so important. If we will live with and radiate hope in our lives, uh, then it will attract people to Jesus. And how many know there are a lot of hopeless people in the world today around us, in our city? Uh, They need us to show them that there's hope through Jesus, hope that their lives can change, hope that their tomorrow can be different, hope for their families, hope for whatever area they feel hopeless in, There's hope, and our lives should radiate hope. 
get what I mean? I mean radiate. Like that. Our lives should radiate hope. You get it, right? Okay. If, if I ever go to a doctor, I want to go to a doctor that radiates hope. <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't want to go to the doctor that as soon as he walks in and looks at me, he just starts shaking his head. I, I, if I go to a dentist, I don't want to go to a dentist that starts out by showing me pictures of dentures. One of the most attractive things about the gospel or the good news of Jesus is its hope. The reason the blind, the deaf, uh, the demon-possessed and prostitutes came to Jesus is because he offered hope. The reason I got saved was because uh, I had hope birthed in my heart when I heard Jesus could work a miracle in my life, and it brought me to Christ. If we want to attract people to Jesus, we need to show them his hope. Romans fifteen thirteen. I love this verse. Now may the God of hope fill you. And I pray tonight, right now, from the get-go of this message, that God would fill us with hope. Now, may now, somebody say now. now. Hit me with hope. Now. Amen. Say, say now, Holy Spirit. Now. Hit me with hope. That he would fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our living, our praying, our witnessing, our singing, uh, Everything in our lives should radiate hope, abound in hope. We have a message that the world is desperate to hear, and that message is there's hope. There is, you can have a confident expectation of good from God in your life because the gospel is about hope. It's important. Hope is so important because it will attract people It'll draw them to Jesus, and we, we need to provide hope. You know, we, uh, p- people are not going to be attracted to Christ if, if we're like, you need to, you need to get, get it together. Jesus has changed your life. You know, I mean, Wow. Like he did mine, you know. I mean, or or to the other extreme. Wow, you really need what I've got. You know, they may be afraid it'll get off on them. You know, and so we need to. We and I'm not talking about just an emotional thing, but our life, the bedrock of our hearts and lives, should be hope, and we ought to be able to project that. To others, it isn't just a personality or something like that. It's it's something that we carry within us, His hope, and we attract others to Jesus by showing it. Hope is also important because it's the forerunner of faith. Hebrews eleven verse one says, "Now I I, I do like that word now too, don't you? 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is linked with hope. Now, I thought, I thought of a, a, a way to illustrate this, that hope is the forerunner of faith, or hope comes before faith. We get our hopes up. And I was thinking about fishing. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't like so much fishing as much as I do catching fish. Now, I've got friends, and I know that there's some of you here tonight that you enjoy fishing, you like just the experience. You like, you know, going out, and I'm not making fun of that. I, I get it, Go, going out and, and getting out in the outdoors, being uh, by the river or by a lake and, or, or in a boat on the, on the river or lake and, and throwing the line out. It's the whole experience about getting outside, getting outdoors, and it's probably good. I'm not, no doubt it is good. Get some uh, vitamin D while you're out there in the sun and all that. And so... Uh, there are some that just enjoy it. it Did you catch anything? No, but uh, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Now, I get that. I understand that, that people enjoy that, but I'm kind of weird. <clears throat> See, I knew better than to hesitate then. But when I, if I go fishing... I don't enjoy so much the, the whole experience as much as I do catching fish. I, if I go fishing, I want to catch fish. I get antsy. If I'm out for an hour and, and I haven't felt a tug on the line, uh, then it just, it, it just irritates me. So, but if, if somebody tells us about a fantastic place to go fishing, that man, they're just pulling fish fish in left and right. You know what? We, we, it, it could birth hope in our hearts, and that hope then move us to faith to drop a line in the water, believing that something will strike, a fish. So hope is the forerunner of faith. Hope moves us into faith. That's what I told you about earlier. It was hope that was birthed in my heart when I found out and heard that God was still a miracle worker. I knew that I needed a miracle in my life, and that hope that was birthed in my heart moved me to respond to Jesus when I heard him preached, and he worked a miracle. See, Satan tries so hard to destroy our hope because if we have hope, we'll move in faith uh, for forgiveness, for healing, for provision, for whatever we need from God. Hope moves us to faith, and Satan does not want us to receive from God. He's a thief and a robber. Uh, John 10.10, Jesus said, he's a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And one of the things he wants to steal from us above all others, uh, or or at least right on par with others, uh, is our hope. He is a liar, isn't he? Jesus said he's the father of lies. Uh, All lies have their origin in him. 
uh, he tells us uh, there's no hope for our healing. So why even try and why even pray? He lies and said, well, you've always had a particular weakness uh, in this area in your life uh, and there, there's no reason to hope uh, that things are going to change. But tonight I hope that every one of us hears this and that is he is a liar and there's reason to hope in God because God is the God of hope. Hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we have hope, we have joy and peace and faith. We have that believing power. Satan will do everything that he can to diminish our hope because if he can steal our hope, he'll steal our joy. He'll steal our our faith, he'll steal our peace, and we're going to put an end to that robber, aren't we? The devil wants to steal our hope because hope anchors our soul. Hebrews 6.19 says, again, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Now, when the Bible talks about our soul, it's talking about our mind, our will, and our emotions. And God knows we need an anchor for our minds, our will, and our emotions. Isn't that right? We need an anchor. I need an anchor, don't you? I, I, need, I need my emotions anchored. I need my mind anchored by hope. I need my will anchored by hope. And that's what God gives us. He gives us hope as an anchor, a confident expectation of good from Him. When we have hope, our minds and our emotions, our will, are anchored. They are secure and steadfast. And there's nothing more that the devil would like to do than to cause us to pull up our anchor of hope by lying to us and saying, well, maybe you'll you know, you'll just always be this way. You'll never be able to change. You, you, just, you just are what you are, and, and you'll just have to get by on your own. He tries to dis- discourage us. He tries to get us to pull up our anchor of hope, and that is a terrible place to be in. A quiet or maybe even not so quiet sense of desperation settles in in our lives when we have no hope. And tonight, that is exactly what happened to Job. In Job 16, verse 11 and 12, look at what he says. This is his concept of God at this particular point in his life after things have gone bad for him. God has delivered me to the ungodly and turned me over to the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he has shattered me. He also has taken me by the neck and shaken me to pieces. He has set me up for his target. Now that's a bleak outlook about God. He is floundering here. And you know, I am careful not to joke about Job and and his trouble because I have never in my life experienced the intensity of the assault and attack that Job did in his. His trial was real. It was 
vicious. It was horrible, but it was inspired not by God. God didn't set him up as a target for him. God didn't shake him to pieces. God didn't turn him over to the hands of the wicked. It was the devil that assaulted Job and began to bring this in on his life, but because of the difficulty and the trouble in his life, he felt so crushed that he felt like God was even against him. And tonight, uh, there are so many believers uh, that feel as things are going sour in their life or they're experiencing something so difficult in their life uh, that it's uh, God has just set them up. Tonight, hear me, God's a good God. So, well, why am I going through that? Because there's a real and vicious devil. There is a broken and sinful world that we live in. And because of that, we sometimes uh, suffer the, the, uh, uh, the fallout from living in this kind of world. But listen, tonight, in the midst of our difficulty, in the midst of our heartache, in the midst of our trouble, we need to anchor our soul in God. Psalm 42 Verse 5 says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He's talking to himself, the soul. And then he tells himself, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance, his face. His face is going to be shining on me, and tonight, God help us to talk to ourselves in a right way and tell ourselves in, in difficulty, hope in God, hope in God. I can't, it, it, things may not be great right now, but help from God is on its way. So how do we anchor our souls with hope? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you four ways real quick tonight before we pray. Uh, four anchors of hope. And the first anchor of hope is our past experience. This is great. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Everything that God has done in our past should cause us to hope. And he has done things for us tonight. Can you say Amen. God has done things for us. He drew us to himself. He saved us. There are so many here that have been healed. There are so many here that have received miracles. I heard a, a, a somebody testify just as they came to church tonight. They had a need of a financial miracle, and God paid their house off. Uh, some, some, uh, they received prayer and House got paid off. Woo, man, glory to God. I'm going to get in that prayer line next time. Amen. Hope. God has done things for us, and everything that he has done in our past should cause us to hope for what he's going to do in our now and in our tomorrow. Can you say, I believe that? When we're discouraged, one of the great anchors of hope of our emotions, our minds, our will, is everything that God has done for us in the past. Now tell yourself or somebody, he'll do it again. Oh, I'm telling you, he'll do it again. Tell, tell yourself, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. 
what he's done in our past. Second anchor of hope is God's word. Psalm 119, 49, 50 says, Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given me life. The Bible, God's word is a book of life. It's a book of hope, and when we're beat up by life or by circumstances, that's when we need to get into God's Word and let it cause hope to be rebirthed in us. Now, I cannot tell you how many times over the years where I've felt hopeless or, or uh, just junk or, or wake up in the morning just feeling blah and blah, yuck, and then I open up God's Word and have that Word begin to to, to infuse me with life and with hope. God's Word is living and powerful. That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. God's Word is living and powerful. And when our soul feels messed up, when our minds are messed up, when our emotions are messed up, when our wills feel weakened, that's when we need God's Word to to bring an infusion of life. It's almost like sometimes we need to cry out, Medic! Medic! God's Word is, is that medic that comes to us. It gives life. It's powerful. It's powerful enough to blast away those feelings of hopelessness. It's real soul food. Better than greens and cornbread. Luke 4, 4, Jesus said to the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You catch that tonight? We live by the word of God. And tonight, you know what? We, we do eat enough bread. We get, we, we're doing all right, aren't we? We're, never mind, I'll move along. We but we cannot live by just what we eat, the food that we eat. We live, our spirit, our soul, our body lives by the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you in those times of discouragement or feelings where your hope is, is, is on the ropes, anchor your soul with the Word of God. And you may, you may wonder tonight, well, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't, I, where do I go? I, I've got a suggestion for you. One chapter to read during the week, and that's Romans chapter 8. It's it's one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible. It is really living. It is alive. It is powerful. Romans chapter 8. I tell you, it it will cause hope to begin to build in your life. So that's just an encouragement to you. Okay. Praise God. A third anchor of hope is the presence of God. Romans, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 6 verse 19 says, This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters, I love the way it words this, the presence behind the veil. In this verse of Scripture, the presence that is talking about, God's Word is talking about, uh, the, the presence behind the veil is the Holy Spirit. For hundreds of years, uh, the presence, uh, God's manifest presence, uh, 
was in the Holy of Holies, uh, uh, separated from the rank and file of God's people uh, by that veil in the temple. And the high priest would go in once time in the year uh, on the whole day of the Holy of Holies or into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement uh, and make sacrifice for himself and for God's people. And as he entered in, that was where God's manifest presence was. But a day came when Jesus died and shed his blood on the cross. Uh, and when Jesus uh, finished his course on the cross, uh, and he cried out, it is finished. The veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, and God, it was like God's invisible hands came down and ripped open the veil that separated the presence, the Holy Spirit, uh, from all of God's people. And now every single one of God's born-again believers can experience uh, the dynamic uh, of the Holy Spirit for themselves. Thank God. One of the greatest ways that the Holy Spirit manifests himself is by giving hope. That's what it says again in Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, I like that, bubbled up, abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we think about the power of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we think about the power to be a witness. And that's, that's right. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that, that the power of the Holy Ghost comes, there'll be Witness will be witnesses. Uh, we think about the power of the Holy Ghost. We think about the, the gifts of the Spirit and the power gifts of the Spirit. And that's true. We think about the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and the power to overcome sin. And that takes God's power. God knows, right? And the Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome sin. But one of the great manifestations power of the Holy Spirit is the ability to give us hope in the midst of hopeless circumstances. When we feel hopeless, when we feel our hopes are on the rope, we can come to God with that hopelessness and the Holy Spirit will hit us with hope. I want you to say it again. Hit me, Holy Spirit, with hope. I was in Africa one day and, and going through something that was absolutely terrifying to me. Standing in the garden praying and, and my hopes were being dashed. And as I stood and prayed in that garden, I will never forget the experience I had with God because I was uh, beside myself. I, you know, like beside myself. Didn't know what to do. And I prayed and the Holy Spirit hit me with hope. And I told God, as long as I have you, I'll be okay. And I was, and I am. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was able to give us hope in the midst of discouraging circumstances. You know what, tonight? Despair is the language of the devil. 
whenever we feel despair or we feel like there's no hope, we need to be aware that what that feeling or those words in our minds are is the devil speaking to us. If we feel that there's no hope or, or we feel despairing, that's the devil. He's the father of lies, and one of the greatest and most effective lies of the devil is there's no hope. Despair is the language of the devil, but you know what? Hope is the native tongue of the Holy Spirit. Boy, I like that. Woo, man, I got a rush on that. If what we are hearing inside us doesn't abound or cause us to abound in hope, it's not God. Listen to me again. If what we are hearing or the voice we are hearing inside does not cause us to abound in hope, it's not God. We have to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. I remember years ago uh, praying and trying to, to get more sensitive to the voice of God, you know, and, and hear God when I was praying. And I would sense things like God saying, I love you. You know, and then when I was praying, I, you know, kind of carnal in my thinking, I was thinking, well, that's probably just me. You know, I'm just, I want to hear that, and so that's what I'm hearing. Well, I don't know, you know, and sometimes you may feel like, well, ah, nah, that's just, that's just me. Or God say, you know, I'm with you. Oh, that's just me thinking. No, it isn't. That's God's word, isn't it? If we're hearing what God, God said, he loved us, right? God said he'd be with us, right? And the Holy Spirit, he'll speak those things, even though they may sound kind of simple to us. Uh, I've had God speak other things to me at times that kind of caught me off guard. He, I, I've had God speak to me at times and say, you know what, you need to forgive that person. And I didn't even know I was holding anything against them. Downright shocked me. Surprised me. And then God began to kind of tell me what, about and you go, oh, okay. But even in that, even in those times where he dealt with me, it was all, it was never like, ah, you miserable, wretched, hopeless. It's always filled with hope. And so we need to become more sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. His, listen again, his native tongue is hope. He'll say things like, there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we will listen to the Holy Spirit, he will fill us with hope that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One final thing, the fourth anchor of hope tonight is the promise of Jesus' coming. This is so good. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, looking for, that we are to be looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, tonight I know that there are lots of opinions about Jesus' coming, and people may argue about when or if He is coming, but if you do a study and just read through the New Testament, 
you will find something that is irrefutable through the pages of the New Testament, and that is that Jesus intends for us all to live in a constant anticipation and hope that he could come at any time. And just one verse in Revelation 22, verse 20, I figured I'd quote Jesus himself. He who testifies to these things says, and this is Jesus speaking, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Somebody say, come Lord Jesus. Jesus himself, and three times in Revelation 22, he says, I'm coming quickly. That was 2,000 years ago, which tells us something. His idea of quickly and ours may be a little different, but he means for us to live in a constant anticipation that at any time he could come. You and I, when we are having difficulties in our life or when we need hope, Our great hope tonight, even if you're here doing good, we have a hope. Our hope is not in this world or this world system. Thank God. Uh, If when you're looking at things in your life uh, that are disheartening or you look at the world and the chaos of the world, what a weird world we live in. We look at this stuff going on and we can't help but groan with all of creation for the manifestation of the children of God, the time when Jesus comes and we're all with him in heaven. That's the blessed hope. We have a hope and that hope is it's not always going to be this way. It may be this way today, but there's a day coming where we're all going to be either by death or by rapture caught up to be with the Lord and forever be with Him. That's hope. Revelation 21.4 says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Nothing in this life, even even for us as God's people, nothing in this life is ever going to be perfect. Not in this life. Nothing in this life is ever going to be completely right. But we have a hope, and that hope is The day is coming where he's going to make everything all right. Now, somebody say, all right. You know what I call that? Hope. Hope. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him, tonight you want his forgiveness. Would you raise your hand just across this building and... and, uh, Uh, response to his tug on your heart all across this building. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to pray a prayer together, and then we're going to dismiss you. But tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to seal and fill us with hope. Can you say amen? I I believe he just wants us to abound. I think he wants to fill us and abound with hope, joy, and peace, and believing. Let's pray. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and just repeat this with me? Jesus, you are my hope. I will anchor my soul 
with your hope. I have hope because of all that you've done in my life in the past. You'll do it again. I have hope through your word. I have hope through your presence. I have hope by the promise of your coming. I abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Now would you just say hallelujah, clap and shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, you know what? I, I tell you what, I just preached myself into hopefulness. Hopefulness. I pray tonight that not a one of us leaves tonight but what we sense, his hope. His hope. There's always hope with God. Say it. There's always hope with God. Amen. God bless you. God love you. Uh, encourage each other. The prayer team's going to be up here in the front.